Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We have a fantastic second part to our show that we started yesterday. If you guys are wanting to ever go and listen to past podcasts, the easiest, quickest way is obviously iTunes or Stitcher. A lot of you have downloaded us to your um, iPhones. And um, if you don't know how to do that, it's actually a nice shortcut. Go to your iPhone, um, and you, it also works on your Android phone, and look for your um, podcasting app. It comes on your phone automatically. You don't have to download it. On um, iPhones, it's like a little pink icon, I think. So just click on that and then go to the search bar and put in Real Estate Coaching Radio and then just subscribe. And then the podcast or the podcasting app will automatically download our latest show to your um, podcasting or to your phone every single day. And then all you have to do is click on your podcasting app and you can listen. Um, and it's a great way for you to save a lot of time and stay organized with your and keeping up with hopefully your favorite real estate podcasters. So, Julie, welcome to today's show. Yes. Thank you. It's going to be a fun show. And we've got a quick message from an agent named Brittany that I can read here if you're ready. Sure. Go for it. All right. And Brittany writes, Hi, everyone. I wanted to share a quick success story, and thank you all for your support. I've been a coaching student for about two months now, and I just started getting serious about prospecting unrepresented owners, otherwise known as FISBOs, and expired this month. One homeowner I called was not interested in working with an agent, but he said I could send him the pre-listing package anyway, without scheduling a meeting, so I did that. I followed up with him a few times and never got a response, but three weeks later, he called me and said he was ready to list. He had his home listed as a for sale by owner for 36 days, and it didn't sell. So I listed the property last Friday, and the owner accepted an offer yesterday after only four days on the market. I'm so glad I listened and made prospecting calls because I definitely didn't want to, but it paid off. Happy prospecting, everyone. And she signs off saying, feeling blessed. So we are blessed by your email and your sharing of that, Brittany. Thank you so much for that. And I think it's a great short story about the testament to perseverance. You know, how many people either wouldn't have even prospected that for sale by owner in the first place, but let's say that they did. And did they take a, did they send the pre-listing package? It's another place that you can screw up. Not Brittany. She did step two. Then step three. Okay, how many people would just wait for the seller to call? They'll call when they're ready. Nope. Followed up for three weeks. Didn't give up, even though she didn't get a response. So she's following the 18 relentless lead follow-up rules or furiously fast follow-up. Okay, so what happens? Three weeks later, this uh, homeowner apparently had a three-week timer self-imposed and decided to (laughs) give up and go ahead and list. Now, in our for sale by owner script, one of the questions is, I'm curious how long you've given yourself to sell it on your own. Okay, well, clearly, by Brittany's story, this is not an unusual thing for for sale by owners to be gung-ho in the first two or three weeks. Some of them make it for a month, but most of them give up pretty fast. And, you know, in our Premier Coaching, we even have uh, a really great report done by a non-real estate entity. It's like a research firm that proves exactly what Brittany just did that if for sale by owners actually sell, they typically net significantly less 
which is counter to why they're FSBOing in the first place. Most of them just want to try and make a little bit more money, and that uh, versus a listed property, and that they take longer to do it. So look what happened. She listed it and it sells right away. Why is that? Because most buyers are going online. They're working with a realtor. They're probably, most buyers are not saying, I'm going to go find myself for sale by owner this afternoon. So Brittany just proved a whole bunch of really great points in the process of taking somebody from a lead for sale by owner sign, converting them into a client, and now into a closing. So keep up the good work, Brittany. Lather, rinse, repeat. Back to you, Tim. Well, so the bottom line was proactive versus passive lead generation pays. There it is. You guys should just you know remember yeah. that. And uh, sure. those of you who are addicted to passive lead generation, the buying of your leads, the mailing of your postcards, the center of influencing things that you do, hoping and praying that a lead shows up in your mailbox, I promise you that you are not going to have very consistent cash flow in this business. will never even be 1% of what otherwise could be for you if you embrace the idea of being a proactive lead generator. Brittany, do not stop. That's your challenge now. Do not stop. Keep doing it. Keep doing it consistently. Keep doing it around a morning schedule, which you're about to hear Second of all, I want you guys to think about the fact what the story, Brittany's underlying the underlying story to her story was that she has never gone after an unrepresented owner, as we call them, or what most of the industry calls them, for sale by owners. We, she had never done it before. She just followed our system and was successful and is making money now. In a way, she created this money. Do you guys get that? That's the it's that's so the cool. beauty of being a proactive lead generator. That was just she created it. She said, I want to go out and I want to make whatever she's going to make off that deal, ten dollars or $15,000. It didn't cost her anything. Nope. That sale, that commission doesn't cost her anything. She just knew what to say, knew what to do, followed our plan, went out there and took the listing. In a market like this that's changing, cocky FISBOs are finding themselves realizing that, hey, guess what? Stuff doesn't sell itself in this market expireds. I told you guys this is going to be at least the year of expireds. It's certainly playing out to be the case. We're putting up a story on timandjulieharris.com later today that's talking about the fact that Southern California, the bellwether of the boom market, had its biggest single month drop since like 2007 or 2008. So as, look, I'm tired of saying this. You guys are tired of hearing it. But as we've been telling you for almost the past two years, that there's certain orders in, around the country that you can absolutely predict are going to slow down which order, and it's happening exactly those much slower. Okay, it's happening exactly like it always has before. These big mega boom markets, they they hit they slow down the fastest. They generally speaking don't drop the furthest, but they slow down the fastest and they stay down the longest. And that's happening in Southern California. It certainly happened in our of our great friends in Manhattan, down Miami, all these huge markets. They're all the ones that are going to suffer the most. Now, the market's going to suffer, but you don't have to suffer along with it because the fact is, is there are going to be real estate transactions and people making commissions. No matter what direction property values are going, be very clear on that. You, as a real estate practitioner, not as an investor, not as a homeowner, but as someone who gets paid to do deals, you as a real estate practitioner – do not care what direction the housing market's going. People will need your help, provided you have the skill set to help them, regardless of what direction the market's going. The skill set you need when the market is going up, since 2011, most of the country, is really nothing compared to what you need when the market is adjusting, plateauing, or declining and becoming a buyer's market. You need to now know how to actually have conversations with folks that aren't going to just basically result in, uh, you know, everyone just giving hugs and kisses. 
In a market like this, you're going to have to have the skill set to be able to deliver the news to people about what their properties are really worth. You're going to have to get your skills on. The last market was a relationship market. The last market, because there was so much money flowing so easily by so many unskilled practitioners, ooh, boo hiss, Tim, how dare you say that? Because it's true. In a market like that, you guys could get away with running really, really, really shitty businesses in terms of cash flow. Really bad businesses in terms of net income. You could risk money and believe that branding and believe that buying leads and building big teams and all these other silly things you guys have been doing. You thought that's what you were supposed to do because, look, everyone else is doing it. That's what I went to a Jim, I went to a top producer's mastermind, and every one of them had a team of buyer's agents, and they're talking about expansion teams. And they're talking, Why aren't they talking about their net profit? Why, why, oh, hold on. Did anybody in the audience ask about how much money they were actually netting? No. Why? Why? Why is that? Don't know. What do you think, guys? Because they're not making much. That's why. And when the market starts to change, all those sort of ego-based, trendy, wow, that sounds fantastic ideas, they run out of steam because they cannot be funded. And that's what's happening now. So if you're one of these agents who has realizing now that you're probably following a, a, a path of peril with regards to your business plan and you're seeing your market slow down and you're finally realizing that maybe this big idea that you had with regards to these big teams and marketing and all the rest of this stuff, maybe you're starting to put pen to paper and say, hey, you know what? This really can't make sense because there's not the potentiality of this in terms of the cost doesn't make sense. And then you're going to be confused. And then you, you're going to say, well, why hasn't anyone told me this before? I read this book and I went to this conference and everyone said I'm supposed to follow this path and build this seventh level business and all this other Mickey Mouse. And you're going to be questioning your sanity. Why is it that I can't make this work? Then you're going to blame yourself. And then what a lot of people do is they double down on the dumb. They double down on the bad idea. They throw more money at it. And what happens is they quickly perish and they become real estate roadkill. That's what happens in a changing market like this. Unless you're going to have the courage to really take a hard look at all the things you're doing. And, you know, a lot of people say getting back to the basics. I don't like the way that sounds, frankly, but that is the truth. And a lot of you, and here's the painful truth, never learned the basics in the first place. You never learned how to have a conversation with a seller about a price reduction. You never learned how to talk with a buyer about why they should buy, even though there's a good chance six months from now the house will be worth less. You've never learned all the really hard things in real estate because if you've only been licensed since really arguably the last, you know, during this boom market, you haven't had to learn it. You've only had to have relationships. And you could get away with making bad business decisions because you had enough, generally speaking, cash flow coming in because the deals were relatively easy to get. In a market like this, they're not going to be. It's going to be a different ball of wax. Your motivation, your way of selling buyers' houses in the past has been buy it or somebody else will, right? I mean, an iteration of that script, basically. That's what you all say. Now the buyers are saying, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm going to wait because I think prices are going to drop. You got anything to, any, any scripts to follow up on that one, Mr. Real Estate Agent? You don't. You don't know what to do. This is the reason that we say the past market was a relationships-based market. This is a skills-based market. And the difference in the skills agents and the non-skills agents, you are going to see, like, I don't even know how to describe it, the stickiest, most painful Band-Aid being ripped off. That's what it's going to feel like for many agents who have never taken the time to actually learn the basics and really master the basics of what it takes to be a true real estate professional. They'll just run out of steam. They'll run out of money. 
The things that worked in the past will not work in a market like this, guys. Please listen to your head coach. Be slightly offended by what we're saying. That's okay. But whatever you do, don't ignore us. Don't not take action. Otherwise, it's not just you that's going to suffer. It'll be your family that will most likely suffer. It'll be what you could have made your best year ever because you decided to stop being stubborn. You decided to get your ego out of the way, and you decide to finally say, you know what? I'm tired of Tim and Julie ranting at me every day. Maybe there's something to what they're saying. I definitely see my markets changing. I definitely don't have my listing presentation together. I definitely don't know how to go after FISBOs and expireds. I definitely don't know how to go after price reductions. I don't know how to price things correctly in the first place. The long list of I don't knows is long, painful. And I haven't had to know those things because I've only been licensed, say, since 2009 or 10 when the market's been increasing. So I haven't had a bad – my inability to price was made up from – was compensated with or covered by the fact that there's so many buyers out there that, didn't, that were willing to overpay or pay whatever slightly odd price I put on it. I didn't have to, really, I didn't have to learn how to arm wrestle with sellers on price because, look, it was overpriced. It was still selling. Do you guys understand how that's all gone now? Or going to be gone? Think about it, guys. Do something about this. Don't wait until it's too long or too late. That's what most of you will do. That is human nature. You will wait until something comes around that's going to cause you greater pain than your perceived pain of making a change. And then, for the most of you, it'll be too late. Why would you wait? I don't get it. Doesn't make sense. So, Julie, let's knock out the rest of uh, the call or our presentation on the perfect Mm -hmm. morning schedule. Yes. Okay. So here's the secret to this. It is critical that you recognize your daily schedule should always be based on profit. We started talking about that on yesterday's podcast, but specifically on the things you've got to take action on daily that lead to profit. So if you don't have this list memorized yet, this is homework for everyone. This is what leads to profit. Lead generation, otherwise known as prospecting, but we veil that so you don't get hives when you hear it. Lead generation, lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. I like to add lather, rinse, repeat. So if what you're doing isn't on that list, why are you doing it? Because it's not leading to profit. Get clear that you must lead with profit, and that means you must lead with profit-producing activities. We're going to quickly remind you of the most common profit-killing schedule-wrecking activities, Regardless of age of agent or how long you've been licensed or your market or your price range or your experience, any of that. Okay, so these are schedule wrecking things you're not allowed to do. Number one, no morning control of time. Getting to work when you finally get to work isn't a plan. That's what hobbyists do. They fit work in when they get to it. Number two, getting stuck in the weeds of transaction coordination. Get a transaction coordinator. It's the cost of each, it's built into the cost of each transaction. It's well worth it to maintain your sanity and buy your time back. Some of you guys are only doing two or three deals at a time because you're doing the transaction coordination and you can't imagine adding a fourth deal that you've got to manage. So what would happen if you took that off your plate and you didn't have to be in the weeds anymore? You could probably double your production just by doing that and managing your transaction coordinator. Okay, number three, playing around with social media, pretending that that generates leads. Number four, going to appointments you don't have to go to. Home inspections, lender lunches, free trainings. If it's not on the dollar productive list of activities, it's not a necessary appointment. You are hiding out, pretending to work. So these are activities you're no longer allowed to do. If this is a challenge, make a deal with your spouse, your kids, or your assistant that every time they catch you doing any of what we just talked about, they get a crisp $100 bill. 
That'll cure you. If that's not enough, make it 500 bucks until you're clear that you're not being profitable when you do those schedule wrecking activities. Okay, so let's get back to the specifics here. Lead generation is the most important thing. You're either running a marketing-enhanced prospecting-based company or a prospecting-based marketing-enhanced company. You may be, in your head at least, a referral-only company, but that's not sustainable. You could be a prospecting-only company, but that's also only dependent on you. So the first two are your most sustainable, marketing-enhanced, prospecting-based, or the opposite. Okay? It's the thing that is most viable long-term, most stable, and least dependent on market conditions. So recommended ideal schedule. Let's fast forward a little bit to that. Ideal means that you follow it four out of five working days every week that you're not on vacation. So we're keeping it pretty realistic. This is our recommended schedule subject to modification based on what you have to do in life. Like we said yesterday, putting kids on the school bus or you know, managing other things in the morning. Don't delete the activities, just modify the time if necessary. So let's say 6.30 a.m., wake up, same time every day. Powerful affirmations, 20 to 30 minute simple workout, eight ounces of water, and review your goals for the day. Those of you who are scheduling yourselves using the self-journal, that makes it really easy because you had written it down the night before. Okay? Now, here's a secret. No day should have more than five specific, attainable, and achievable goals. Three is better for most days. Things like, for your list, resolve a home inspection remedy. Put it to bed. Don't drag it out. Get listing docs back from the seller. Get a contract signed. Follow up on 100% of my leads. Call back that referral. You see how these things are all based on profit. So let's say we make it to 7 a.m., 30-minute financial review. Are you trending up or down versus your financial goals? Are you on track, ahead, or behind? By how much? Take a look at your whiteboards and your vital signs report. What is your appointment schedule? What appointments must you set today? And what are you going on today? By the way, our coaches do this with our coaching clients all the time for accountability, on track, ahead, or behind, our, by how much in one direction or the other, and so what does that tell you to do? It tells you you probably need more appointments and or manage what's in your pipeline. So at this point, it's only about 7 a.m., and you're still in control, 100% of your mind, your body, and your wallet. You are in control. So 7 to 8 a.m., prepare for your day, breakfast, shower, dress. When in doubt, dress for success. Always be dressed one level nicer than your prospect or your client. Some of you, it doesn't take an hour to get ready, but we're, we're putting that in there just to keep it real. 8 a.m., take 20 minutes to clear out any, clear out any mission-critical email, voicemail, texts, etc. Delete all of your trash and spam. Delegate anything you can to your transaction coordinator, your personal assistant, etc. If you don't have those two entities, then you are them. Prioritize by urgency and set a plan in place. You may still be massaging those three things that you've got to do today based on clearing out your email voicemail text. All right, now, here's where the furiously fast lead follow-up comes in. Now, it's not just following up, hey, I was thinking of you, how's it going? Let me know when you're ready. No, I call it relentless lead follow-up with intent to set appointment. That's the point. 8.30 to 9.30 a.m., since you're most likely to set an appointment with this category of prospects, in other words, your lead follow-up, it's valuable to pursue them the first thing in your day. You have their phone numbers. They're expecting your call, and you have what they want. Remember to pre-qualify all listing and buyer leads prior to setting that appointment. Don't skip that step. You should never, ever end the day or even the morning with leads that you have not followed up on. 
And by the way, in Premier Coaching, we do have lead follow-up scripts. We even have them more specific than that. We have open house lead follow-up scripts. We have probate follow-up scripts, all kinds of stuff. 9.30 a.m., more lead follow-up if you still have leads to follow up on. If not, it's time for more lead generation. Choose your most likely to list spokes first. Yes, that means unrepresented sellers, expireds, probate, etc. It just makes sense to speak with people who need what it is that you do. Remember, if you generated enough leads to follow up on, um, then do this first. Do, the, do your lead follow up first and then move on to this. It doesn't make sense to leave existing leads hanging uh, to get new leads because then you're just going to have even more leads that you're not following up on. 10.30, call your required past client center of influence list. Okay, now everybody's number is a little bit different. Remember how you figure this out. You take the number on your database, you divide it by 20 working days. There's 20 working days in every month. Okay, so if you have 100 people on your list and you called five per day on working days, you would be able to call your entire list every 30 days. Where would your business be if you got serious about that? Now some of you, your list is a lot bigger. So if you want to get through them every 60 days, you divide it by 40 working days because there's 40 working days for every two months, or 60 if you want to get through every quarter. Even if you're just getting through that list every quarter, that's far more than most people ever do. It will make a huge difference in your business. So now you get to 11.30 a.m. Assess your day so far. Have you set any appointments yet? If not, proceed to continued lead follow-up slash or, and or prospecting, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. And now, yes, you actually get to eat lunch, 12.30 p.m., ideally with a past client, a current client. Eat lunch somewhere in your market where you can be out and about talking about real estate. And I need to get a drink of tea, Tim, so I'm going to toss it back to you just for a second. Well, we had a coaching client, actually, who was, you know, uh, very, very shy, never wanted to – she was a premier coaching client, never wanted to really ask anybody for any business, totally afraid of proactive lead follow-up, the whole thing. So she goes to Starbucks, and she goes to Starbucks every day for her lunch after she followed her morning schedule, and she put up a little sign. Julia will remember when she's back hitting, having her tea hit to remember uh, what, those, what was the sign said. But she sat there with her notebook computer in a very visual place in this very busy Starbucks, and she was essentially inducing people to have real estate conversations with her, and um, she got real estate leads off of it. And the funny part was is that some – am I getting the story right so far? No, that's right. The sign was on the back of her laptop, and it just said, ask ah. me about real estate. It was like bumper sticker sized, so you could read it if you're standing in line. Easy to do. And it turned out, it turned out Starbucks corporate – because you know there, someone tried to you know some I'm sure agent complained or some silliness. Anyway, Starbucks corporate was uh, you know asked, is this something this lady's supposed to be allowed to do? And they said, yeah, sure, that's great. <laughs> you know, they didn't care. You know, so if you're thinking that you'll get thrown out if you do something like that inside of Starbucks, you won't. There's a precedent for them. You go to Starbucks during lunch, it's, or really in some parts of the world, anytime there's people with doing business and literally having business conversations sitting there using the free Wi-Fi. A lot of business travelers, that's where they go and uh, get caught up on their emails and whatnot. Um, more and more traveling, Julie and I do, it's kind of, it is kind of funny. You just okay. Starbucks is almost like your own WeWork. It's your own virtual office, you know? Um, so in any event, there's another little idea for some of you who guys who are a little apprehensive uh, to proactively lead generate. Julie? Well, I mean, even just writing – I know Coach Rochelle used to get business this way all the time. Write your – now it's DocuSign your contracts, but you can do that with your laptop. 
do that where you are in, say, Starbucks or your favorite local restaurant for lunch where you are in your marketplace and you are obviously talking about real estate, people will actually come up to you and ask for your card. I remember one time Rochelle was writing a contract for a buyer, and this was back before DocuSign, of course, and so we were faxing things back then. Millennials don't know anything about what I'm talking about, but that's okay. So uh, she wrote it up, and she was in a restaurant that she used to work at, and uh, she asked the manager, do you mind if I go in the back, you know, uh, behind the kitchen and use the fax machine? Okay, so he's like, nope, that's cool, no problem. So on her way back, somebody at the bar had overheard this conversation and said, sounds like you're in, you're in real estate, maybe you can help me buy a house. And that was her next transaction. Why? Because she wasn't being a secret agent. So lots of iterations of that going on. But I do like the sign, and you know there's hats you can get. You can get shirts. If you're going to the gym, you can get a t-shirt that says, "Ask you know, got real estate. There's a cute shirt that, that says that. I call that reverse Julie, prospecting, was, getting people to Julie, come up to that, you. What was that yeah. vendor that um, she had all a lot of that cutesy stuff? Yeah, go to allthingsrealestate.com, allthingsrealestate.com, and she's got a lot of really cool little signs it's you can put out, little tiny you know, innocuous signs and caps and just really cute ideas. It's, all Things Real Estate is essentially a great place to go for those of you who are wanting to be proactive lead generators. You're just not quite 100% confident to do it yet. Um, so, Julie, are you done with this presenting the schedule? Well, let's, we only made it to lunch, but I can wrap it up pretty quick. So the point okay. being that you're in control and that you are actually working in the morning, and the point of the morning schedule is to create new appointments. Because at 1.30, you're going to check with your transactions, your team, other agents. This is your hour of power to keep your existing business buttoned up. And yes, I'm talking about one hour of powerful phone calls, following up, keeping the train on the tracks, not the entire day dealing with one appraisal or inspection issue. 2 to 5 p.m. is appointment time. If you don't have appointments, you have options, but they should all center around profit. Appointments are best, but you can call your sellers, set up showings, price reductions, schedule open houses, create marketing plans, you know, get price reductions, all that good stuff. But ideally, you're getting back to lead follow-up and preparing for tomorrow's appointments. If you get bored or unproductive with this normal routine, break out of it by going after a new spoke, like probate or new construction or for rent by owners, something a little bit different, but still in the uh, category of you know, being profitable, creating new leads. And then between five and six, tie down your loose ends. Any negotiations should be resolved and sent to the other side. That way they owe you a response in the morning, not the other way around. And then you have a regular quitting time every day so that you're not one of these people that has as a badge of honor that you were working until midnight and you didn't eat right, so you're gaining weight, and now you know, you're a train wreck the next morning. That's not okay. Have a normal quitting time. And I'm going to send it back to you so I can get to Premier Tim. So I'm going to share with you guys, if I were coaching you personally, this is one of the things that I would um, – this is the deviation from what Julie just said. Once you start doing enough transactions, and we have the rule that we have with regards to when you should hire someone full-time to work for you as a transaction coordinator is uh, related to your average commission, your days in the market – in other words, there's not one set rule for every market. It just depends on you individually. Premier Coaching students, there's a whole bunch of information on that on the um, Harris Learning site. But as far as um, if you want to have absolute freedom in your real estate practice, the only thing you really have to focus on is learning how to proactively lead generate, pre-qualify, go on listing appointments, and obviously secure listings. Those are the only things you have to do. That's the only skill set 
you ne- need to ever be incredibly good at in real estate because everything else you can delegate. Um, our top listing agents, and these are list agents who do not work buyers, who all they do is work sellers. They follow the morning schedule just like we just you know, prescribed, if you will. And then after they take ideally their one listing a day, they hand that folder over either virtually or physically to their, their essentially their assistant the listing, you know, usually your TC until you get doing lots of deals can also basically um, work with your sellers. And then they're out. They essentially then move on and go back to just hunting for listings, taking listing appointments, and having the whole process be managed by somebody else. The servicing of the seller is managed by somebody else. So as soon as the listing's taken, there's checklists, and again, these are all on Harris Learning, that will give that transaction coordinator, you know, your number one assistant, your, list, your you know, seller specialist, whatever you want to call them. It'll give them specifics of what they're supposed to be doing. There's obviously a lot of great systems out there that you guys can be using, uh, you know, that are CRM type deals that you can. Some of them have plans that are already created. Others you don't. You have to embed your own plan, but that's no big deal. Don't overly complicate how to make the technology work. Don't overly complicate how you, you know, the, the complexity of whatever system you're thinking of. I promise you, it's not difficult. There's gazillions of checklists out there. There's if this is a well well-walked path, okay? So just trust me on this. So if you want to have the perfect real estate business, you follow Julie's morning schedule. I would definitely add something on there like exercise, things like that. But do the morning schedule. In your morning, is all about pre-qualifying, you know, finding a, a seller, proactively lead generating, pre-qualifying that seller, going on the appointment, and then you're done for the day. If you can do that in, you know, any market, if you could set one appointment a day, and let's say one of the sellers flakes out and another seller, you know, whatever, things happen, you end up with three new listings a week. That's your entire business. You don't have to work in the nights and the weekends. You don't have to, you know, all the things that you guys are suffering through, thinking it's normal for real estate, you don't have to do anymore if you just follow our plan on how to become a powerful listing agent. I know some of you think that real estate is supposed to be some sort of painful, horrible experience where you sacrifice every waking moment of your life and you're not allowed to spend time on the – it's because you're working with buyers. It's because you're trying to form these big, stupid teams. It's because you're spending too much time on things that will never get you paid that, frankly, doesn't even do anything to enhance your business. You're going down the wrong path. You need to be focusing just on becoming a powerful listing agent and accepting the fact that you could probably have an incredible life just doing that. Seems like it's oversimplistic, doesn't it? It isn't. What I've just asked you to do requires work. It requires skill. It requires discipline. It requires you being a professional. It requires you doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. But when you do, you have balance. I dare say I balance in your life because you now have control of your schedule. You can now say nights and weekends are not for business. They're for my family. I can actually plan vacations. Look, when you have 10, 15, 20 listings, you can go on a vacation anywhere in the world. You have somebody else managing your deals for you. Sometimes you have to step back in and help negotiate transactions, but for the most part, if you get a really good um, coordinator, they can do it for you. Not a big deal. Generally speaking, negotiations aren't that complex on most real estate transactions. And you can go on these vacations and no one will know where you are. You don't have to tell the, all your sellers that you're checking out for two weeks or whatever. You just go. We've had so many – I'll tell you guys, true story, I mean, we don't have much time left on today's show, but I've had many personal coaching clients who hire me just for half the year, sometimes just for maybe like a quarter. 
And what they'll do, and typically they'll hire me in the third quarter, maybe the fourth quarter, rolling into the first maybe two quarters of the following year. And their only objective is to take a certain number of listings, and then they hand those listings off to somebody who works for them, and then they go do whatever they want to do for the rest of the year. They literally don't work. They just live off the cash flow from the listing selling. They don't work with buyers. When buyers come in, they refer the buyers off to other agents. They just don't work them. If a listing opportunity comes in when you know this particular agent is in Egypt, they refer it off to another agent. They have their heads very, very tightly screwed on. They know, for example, if they you know list in that amount of time X number of homes, you know X number will you know maybe two percent won't end up selling. Sellers change their mind, whatever. They'll have so many sales. So they know their math. They know their numbers. They know what they have to do, and they don't want to work year-round. They want to have a life that, frankly, is not all about work. They want to make their business be something that funds their lifestyle. In other words, the business is not the thing that dominates their lives. You can do it that way. You have that option. It's your choice. This is the power of being a listing agent. So listen, guys, if there's anything we can do for you, just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com and request a coaching call with a new member coach. Learn about Premier Coaching. Learn about our different coaching programs. There's a reason why, you know, as of this morning, 5 million different people have, you know, 5 million downloads of this podcast. This is the number one listened to pod, daily podcast for real estate agents by a country mile. For a reason, because we're giving you tactical, practical advice. We're telling you guys the truth of what it takes not to, to not just survive in this market, but thrive in this market, be dominant in this market, always have the mindset of service, especially in a market like this. And remember, everything that you want in life is on the other side of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. If there's ever anything we can do for you guys, remember, you can email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.